Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. Good morning. It is actually 9-12, and you are joining you ought to know. I uh, had to start the show a little early because my morning kind of went a little crazy today, so I figured uh, I better get this show started because I'll be driving again because I won't be able to, um, I won't be able to uh, um, start, the phone, start the call in the middle of driving. So um, i got to turn my map off, too, by the way, because I don't want to hear my turn-by-turn directions. They don't really know where I'm going. So um, that's that's my life right now. But um, I, this is about you today. So thank you for joining me. Uh, for you all to know, I'm excited. I'm just excited in general. Things are going really well. My kids are doing good. I can't complain. Um, life is good right now. So I am, um, today's show, we are going to discuss when things aren't so good. Um, we're going to discuss stress, how to deal with it, um, what do you do, how do you identify it. Um, we're going to discuss uh, just from a perspective of as a parent of a, a special needs child. Now, as a sidebar, but kind of related, um, now I can't figure out how to get these directions off, so you guys are going to have to listen to my directions when they tell me, sorry. So unprofessional. I'm working on it, I'm working on it. We're going to get into a nice groove here, but I, I, I kind of like having these little things happen because I think it, it is the type of lives that we live, and the show is kind of, the show is kind of supposed to be just raw, and um, it's supposed to be about um, how we deal with our lives as parents of special needs children, as parents in general. But my focus, of course, is on individual um, parents that have uh, their children on the autism spectrum or any special needs. Because I think that, I think we need a place where we can kind of let go and, and discuss some of these issues. And I think our situation is a little different because we tend to live these isolated lives and we don't get a chance to get out and talk. We don't get a chance to to um, do the things that families that have typical children are able to do. And some of these things are essential to parenting. Like, I layered up today, and I am now super hot. Because <laughs> it's cold. It's like 46 degrees. But I'm realizing I'm actually kind of hot right now. So, okay, so I digress. My, my, what I wanted to explain is this. As parents that are raising a child with a special need, we do have stress, just like everybody has stress. Nobody is free of stress. It's not the fact of whether you have stress or not. It's really the fact of how you deal with it. So um, something happened to me this weekend. Uh, I belong to a site called Tumblr. 
know, Tumblr is a very youth-oriented site, but I like it because it's a blog, and as I may or may not have shared, I'm a writer. So I like to write. I like I like to write poetry. I like to write stories. I like to write about my what happens in my life. And Tumblr is a great place for, like, real-life stories. Um, plus, you've got, I mean, you've got, I say real-life stories, but, you know, it's these little blog posts that people have. I mean, sometimes there are no more than maybe 150, 200, 300-word blog posts. But it's just like a snapshot of people's lives. And so, like I said, it's very youth-oriented. A lot of the people on there are young, uh, teenagers, 20-something. Um, so it's very insightful. There's a lot of people on there that have disabilities that use this as their blogging format. And you can follow them, and it's, it's interesting because it gives you a look into how they're thinking, what they think. I mean, just as, as if you read my blog on there. So uh, mostly I just follow and, and look at pretty pictures and things. But, you know, occasionally things will come up that it's very, it is very activist and community-oriented, so there's a lot of people who are commenting on the news of the day, Black Lives Matter, the election. Uh, there's a lot of information going on that goes back and forth, alternative opinions. It's a good place for people that have what you might call alternative lifestyles, transgender, uh, uh, lesbian, gay, uh, bisexual, uh, very big community on there. And there a lot of support from other uh, other bloggers. Uh, it's a, it's, it is very community-oriented. I, I just like it. It's just I like it as a site. It's not like Facebook. I mean, you know, it's, some people do put their food on there. But when you see food pictures, they're like highly stylized, artistic, eclectic pictures of food. But, you know, it's not like Facebook in the sense of where you're kind of just the minutia of your day. It's more, I would say, on an elevated level of the minutia of your mind. Ooh, right? <laughs> but that's, that's Tumblr. So anyway, I was I happened to be just um, logging into my Tumblr account. And it's the same thing. You log in and you get a, there's a dashboard. And, I mean, there's a uh, like a timeline of the people you follow, what they post. And so there was, there's a person I follow on there, and she has a, um, she's a disability advocate. And I, I don't remember why I initially followed her. I think she wrote something that was very profound. I liked it, and I started following her because I really liked, really liked what she had to say. So she put a post on yesterday, or she put a post on, I don't know when she put a post on, honestly, but it came up in my, in my news feed, and I read it. And I was actually a little bit hurt by it because it was kind of here. It was, I understand it just, I'm not going to read, I'm going to give you a synopsis of the post. I'm not going to read it because I don't have her permission to read her, her blog post, but I'm going to give you the synopsis of it. So it was something like, um, okay, parents, it starts off like this, parents who have children, um, parents who have children with special needs are not safe. Uh, people who have relationships with individuals with um, special needs are not safe. Um, uh, people who um, two people who get paid to take care of people with special needs are not seen. Um, and so I'm probably about seven or eight different characteristics, and it says they're not seen. And you know, this is 
this is what you are supposed to be doing as a parent, caregiver, paid caregiver, what have you. Um, so, therefore, you know, this is your this is your job as a decent human being. It doesn't make you a saint if you if you do that. So, uh, so I was I agree with the sentiment of it. So, and I thought it was a very good um, it was a very good point, and um, I I agreed with it for the most part. Uh, but I the thing is is that. I've read this. I've gotten this kind of sentiment before from some some older individuals who have autism. Uh, it's kind of it's called an ableist philosophy. Where I guess I mean I don't want to speak negatively about it because every I I value and I respect everybody's experience and everybody's journey. And every but I also in turn it, well I don't really set expectations anymore for other people. But what I would say is, in turn, I I have a right to my journey. So I wasn't going to comment because normally I read people's stuff, and even if I find it a little hurtful or offensive, I don't comment because, like I said, you're entitled to your opinion. It's a free country, you know, for now. <laughs> so it's a free country. We have freedom of speech. Whatever. This is the blog. This is what this is what you sign up for. This this is what makes everything work. So, but I decided to comment because I felt like. As a parent who has three autistic kids, you know, I don't want to eat better, no. But I do kick butt for my kids because of my kids. And I do feel I do a little bit more than average bear when it comes to uh, the things that are associated with my kids. And a lot, and the reason why I say I do more, not because, like, I'm, better or anything, but because there's more issues and things that you have to deal with when your child has a special need that a typical parent doesn't have to deal with. Um, most typical children, unless they have some sort of a deficit, but then they would be characterized as a special need, you know, they don't, aren't having triple therapy, you know, OT, occupational therapy, speech therapy, physical therapy, behavior therapy, um, all these different things, you know what I mean? When, when a lot of, I mean, even though it's kids are developing more allergies, peanut allergies and, and stuff, you know, your kids aren't on special diets for the most part. If you take them to McDonald's, they can order right off the menu if you want to take them to McDonald's to order off the menu. But my point is that, and I expressed this last week on the show, is that there are so many different elements to when, like, a behavior happens where we have to stop and think, I hope I get distressed today. I'm, I don't, I, don't, I wanted to share this because it just happened to was fresh, but we may not get distressed today. We might run out of time before we get distressed. Um, and um, so anyway, there's so many things that you have to break down as a parent when your child is especially just to identify why or why not they are behaving in a certain way. And it's it's not... It's not as it's not as simple as just you know go to bed early or let's take sugar out your diet or anything like that. You know sometimes it's seasonal affective disorder, and I know that affects people who aren't disabled. But my point is is that there's an extra element, and and so what my comment that I wrote back to her was that hey you know I don't oh that's this is the part 
this was you know, at the end of kind of her boss talking about, you know, you shouldn't see your children as burdens and you don't get a gold medal for taking care of your kids. And, and, and first thought, honestly, was like, she must have some really crappy parents. That was my first thought, <laughs> like, wow, she's really angry. Um, and then my second thought was, you know, okay, well, that's one experience. But here's another experience, and, and my experience, what I shared with her was just that, you know, I'm a parent of three autistic kids, and, you know, our life, and I, I capitalize our, because we don't, our, my life is, is not separated from my children. My, whatever they experience, even if I don't directly experience it, I am still affected by their lives, and I'm still affected by their perceived disability. So when something like a couple years ago when my daughter uh, was filmed in the bathroom by some uh, by a boy in her school, uh, yeah, it didn't happen to me. But honestly, I don't even know if she noticed or if she knew that she was being filmed and that it was put on it was put on Instagram for all to see. Uh, she may be completely oblivious to it. And how do you go? There wasn't really any way to go and even explain it to her because I don't even think she knew. And you see, you know what I'm I don't even think, I don't know if she could have known or she didn't know. But I know I knew. I know I was curious. I know I was hurt. I was upset. And, um, you know, I do not believe that she knew that she was being filmed by somebody because they did it um, from a secretive location. But, that's our life. And even though she was not directly, I mean, even though this did not happen to me, it did happen. And it affected me more so than it actually affected my daughter. And we have instances like that all the time where something happens and and I'm the one who deals with it, who has to emotionally deal with the stress of it or, or the energy of it. I'm the one who has to deal with it. And a lot of times, my kids don't have to deal with it at all, and I don't want them to. And now, and in that case, this would be a situation where if my daughter was typical, now this might have been a very devastating event for her personally because most likely she would have known it, she would have seen it because she would have had an Instagram account to see it. But my daughter doesn't have an Instagram account. This was done behind her back. She, she, she had no knowledge of what happened, and it was really only through the kindness of the other children and their respect for my daughter and, and and love for her, so to speak, that it actually um, came to light. They told a teacher and it was able to be pulled down. But the thing is, is that we don't have a separate life in a sense. We're all connected. And it's not just, not just me and my children are connected. I'm connected to you. I'm connected to this girl who wrote this blog post. I'm connected to that boy who's been my daughter. We're all connected. We all think that we don't have a connection with one another. We all think that we're islands out here, you know, floating in our own little mess, but we are all connected. Everybody's behavior affects other people. And this is one thing that we don't realize as human beings. I mean, I don't want to go out and get esoteric, but we're all connected. Our energy connects and affects each other. If I'm having a bad day and I bring my storm of negativity 
into the uh, Wawa and I shoved somebody on accident, on purpose or whatever, that is me affecting somebody else who might have been having a glorious day and totally unaware of my negativity until I shared it with them. And this girl's experience, you know, maybe her crappy parents who she felt as if she was a burden to them, you know, she she shares her negativity and she brought it in. She let us all read about it. And it affected me and I just felt like I had to speak out. So I said um, to her basically that, you know, our our lives are, are difficult. And I don't think they're a burden, but I work very hard to make their lives easier so that they can have a good life and they can have a good experience. And um, I don't want to meddle and I don't think I'm a saint, but I'm not ashamed to say that I do more than most. And <laughs> so her response to me was like, Oh, she went nasty. She went nasty. She was like, just because you lay down and have sex and have three kids and blah, blah. Because I didn't even tell her I had five kids. I would have just made it worse. <laughs> but, I, you know, but I mentioned the children that have that are affected. You know, that, that doesn't, you know, don't blame the rest of us. Or I mean, so many other issues going on. And see, I take it with a grain of salt. Because, one, I don't want to be a bully to this person who's sharing her. I just wanted to say, hey. That's not everybody's experience, and you know, I, I, you know, I think people should be acknowledged for what they do, not statement status. I, I, and I know exactly what you're talking about because I'm sure you've seen it too, um, on Facebook or any other, or even Twitter, any any other um, social network where people are like, "I'm an autism warrior mom," and you know, and it's it's difficult. Like, I, I'm kind of not sure how to take it, because initially when we first got into this whole thing, you know, you need that. You need that. It's like a little dose of self-esteem that you personally need, and you're putting everybody on notice about your situation. And, you know, it's a great T-shirt not to wear is when I hear, because it's a great T-shirt to wear, but it's actually a great T-shirt not to wear, you know. I mean, I had another experience last week where I had to meet with my son's Support coordinator, support coordinator for the Mental Health and Intellectual Disability Office. Um, that's a whole other education piece right there. If you don't know about it, I will do a show on it because uh, I'm learning too. But, um, you know, there's a waiver for individuals with intellectual disabilities, and this waiver is basically to cover their needs and expenses, including houses, after they leave the school system, after they turn 21. So I... I signed up my son about two years ago, and uh, we're just now kind of getting into the system. But the system is very convoluted, and it's very hard to deal with. So uh, I've already been misled, so to speak. Um, And we've only, like I said, we've probably been dealing with this for the last year. So sat down with him last week. He came to my house. He was 30 minutes late. Uh, We had a 6.30 appointment. He didn't get there until 7. So sat down. Uh, there is a assessment that you have to do in order to determine emergency, whether it's critical emergency, whether it's, um, it's like three levels of emergency. You know, there's like critical, like your house burns down or a caregiver dies. And then there's mid-level where like maybe your behaviors are such that you need to be put into a um, – residential facility or some sort of a, some sort of um, 
outside of the home placement, and then there's, like, lower-level emergencies. Now, my son does not have these uh, higher-level emergencies. God forbid, you know, I die or something, and he has to go and deal with the system. Considering that he's nonverbal, it would be a nightmare. So I um, was kind of frustrated because when the gentleman first came in, you know, we, you know, we said our greeted one another, and the first thing he said to me is, oh, I sat down with my supervisor and shared with her all the issues that you brought up from our last meeting, and, you know, basically a lot of the things that you want, desire, need, whatever, we can't cover because we don't have the money, so we don't have the funding, and then um, there's other agencies or groups that can cover those things. And so I'm like, okay. So we already are starting off on a great foot of no. So, and it bothers me because these people come into your house and they're supposed to be, they're actually supposed to be your advocates and not mine, my son, because this is actually, this is actually the transition point from when I'm making his decisions for him to where he's making his decisions for himself. And I respect this process because even though my son is nonverbal, I know that my son has desires and wants in this world that are not probably have nothing to do with my own personal desires and wants for him. And I respect that. And I try to leave the door open because at any point he may start talking or communicating with us about what he really wants to do, where he wants to be, how he wants to live his life. And my goal as a parent is to just create a, a space him to be able to do that at some point. Maybe not now, you know, maybe it's not relevant now, but I can't wait to start fighting these fights for him until it is relevant because then, unfortunately, it'll be too late. I know it's almost too late now. There's my turn-by-turn direction thing. So, I was supposed to turn that, darn it. Okay. See, this what happens when you're driving and trying to do a reach up the same time. Um, so my issue, uh, my issue with him is that he's already a no, and we haven't even gotten to filling out the form, and he's already telling me his limitations. And see, I can't stand that because you don't even know what I need, and you're already telling me what you can't provide. And a lot of times, that's their first. I mean, I've, I've been through the, the advocacy classes, and I, I mean, I've been through it enough to know that no is always the first response they're going to give you. But here's the thing is I've been doing research on how the system works. And like I said, once I get enough information, I'll do a show on it so I can let all of you know what's the right way. Then they'll change it, of course. But I can let all of you know what's the right way to go about getting these services and getting them set up for for how you need them to be set up for your children. Because just to give you a heads up, there's two, there are two waivers available, at least in the state of Pennsylvania, um, it might be different in other states. One waiver caps out at about um, it caps out at about thirty thirty five thousand dollars. So if you think if you put that in perspective, that's the salary for one person. So let's say your person that you love needs a job coach, needs um, maybe they need a a, a, a person to come with a companion 
or an aide to help them do things around the house or go into the community. $35,000, that's for the whole year that you get. That's one That's one person's salary, really, if you think about it. But if you need five people and you got to split up that 35000 five different ways, now you're talking about instead of having somebody who's working 40 hours, you have somebody who's working seven hours a week, which means that's like maybe one hour a day they're coming out to your house versus five or six hours a day they're coming out to your house to work with your individual that you care about. So that's not a lot of money. And then if that that $35,000 is also supposed to cover housing so or day programs or things like that. So if it's already covering a person, a personal assistant, it's certainly not going to cover some of these day programs, which are probably, you know, a couple, it's probably like almost $100,000 a year. And that's, I might even be modest. I might even be modest even in saying that. So you, so that's the, the one that capped out. Then there's the unlimited one, okay? This one is basically, you know, if, you, if your loved one needs a house or an apartment or what have you, this will be the one that will help pay for that or get that process started. Um, whatever type of aid or services. Now, I mean, just... Like I said, we're, this is a waiver for intellectual disabilities, but we're talking about the range to be from somebody like my son, who's nonverbal, to somebody who is completely bed-bound, house-bound, can't move, can't talk, whatever. So some people's expenses are more expensive or more than others. You know, and now my son doesn't need that level of care necessarily, but doesn't mean that he doesn't need some level of care which involves a little bit extra. So, you know, there's a lot of people who abuse these systems and people who are really in need don't get what they need. But that's my point. See, so the person that comes into the house, his first thing is no, no, no. So I kind of got a little bit aggressive with him because, I, I first of all, I was tired. It's a long day. And like I said, he's 30 minutes late. Second thing is, I, you just have to let people know that you're not going to be somebody that you're going to that's going to you're going to be able to tell so, and they're just going to get up and walk away. I got the impression that this individual is the kind of person that he's been doing this job for years. Trying to my He said he's been doing this job for years, and he just struck me as one of those type of people who, um, you know. He's only supposed to meet us twice a year, and he already met us once this year. This would have been the second time, and we probably won't see him until next year. But, you know, this is just a job for them. And he kept telling me about how he's helped other people, you know, I guess who he perceived situation is greater than our family situation. And I'm like, that's great. I'm glad that you were able to help somebody. Now let's help me. Let's help somebody. <laughs> and um, it's just, to me, it's just funny because um, sometimes if you are competent enough to keep your situation together to whatever means necessary, you know, then people think that you don't need the help that you're seeking. But that's so far, I mean, I, it would be a, a tragedy if me and my family were out on the street. And I'm thankful for the aid and assistance that I've been able to get thus far. 
but that doesn't mean that we still don't need help and that we're not at a, a we're not a high a level a high level of need because we managed to keep it together. So I totally got off the stress <laughs> by going into the uh, the post because I, I my whole point is to bring it around and just to say that no you, you don't know anybody's story and particularly as a, as a parent of a of, of children with special needs and then interacting with individuals who are a little higher functioning with special needs and, and them sharing their experience, I just wanted this girl to know that, you know, not not all parents are out there looking for sameness status, but some, they, some parents do deserve acknowledgement for doing a good job. And that, you know, and she tried to attack me personally by talking about the, how many children I had and, you know, um, even though I don't see them as a burden, I'm supposed, I'm obligated to take care of them because that was my choice. So my response to her was that even though it was my choice, that I don't disagree with her on that. Obviously, it's my choice to have as many children as I have, that it's not the fact that I'm obligated to have, to take care of the children I have. It's the fact that Given the situation that we're in, my choice to to look at it in a certain way and how I choose to deal with it is what makes the difference between a mediocre parent and an extraordinary parent. Because many people are in a similar... I'm not the only person out here with three kids on the autism spectrum. I've met several other families, um, parents who have more than one child on the spectrum. And I know people who have one and two kids and they take that for granted their kids are not on the spectrum and they take that situation for granted so it, it, I'm, you know it's, everybody has their own journey and really there's nobody in any position to judge anybody else's journey me even judging her journey I wasn't even doing that I just felt like she was coming down hard on parents of special needs kids and she just needed somebody to tell her hey ease up <laughs> Because it just it just seemed mean to me, and so she didn't respond to my my last comment, and that's okay. You know, maybe like I said, I didn't want to seem like I was um that was my turn. I didn't want to seem like I was bullying her. I just wanted to share a separate experience because a lot of times um, I find a lot of adults on the autism spectrum, or not a lot, don't want to generalize. I find enough of them really despise parents, and maybe they despise their own parents. I don't know what it is, and I really hope my kids don't despise me, <laughs> you know, because I'm really trying the best for them, but um, I'm not quite sure where that comes from, but I feel like we need to work together for the, the best interest of, of us as a community, because I feel like regardless, I'm a part of the autism community, and, you know, I'm a pr- I'm proud of it as a parent. Uh, I, I, I you know, I don't just deal with my own children. I deal, try to learn and meet other people on the autism spectrum because I think they're awesome people just in general, um, you know. So maybe we'll talk about stress next week. <laughs> but it just it kind of deals with stress a little bit. But I just wanted to share that. Give everybody a chance. You know, ease up. Every Everybody has their own journey. Um and we, we do need to work together as a community because really the fight isn't about parents and children, between parents and children. It's about between 
the autism community and the greater community for accepting and for people to uh, people to start recognizing that people think differently and how can we integrate those who don't think the same way that we think into the greater society and be more accepting and tolerant of other people. So, and it, it you can't be an outsider community and then show intolerance to other people. That, I, that always drives me crazy when I see that happen. So I am actually over time and I'm arrived at my, my place that I'm supposed to be. I thank you for listening. I thank you for downloading. Um, still working on a couple things to make this, this show a little bit more professional. I hope that the information I shared, my own personal life and experiences, has been of some sort of value to you. And I will see you next week. And we're back at 10 o'clock. Just had to do this a little bit early because I have an appointment at 10 o'clock. So thank you for listening. This is You Ought to Know. I'm Nicole. See you next Tuesday at 10. Bye-bye.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.